So we're talking about this dead internet theory and some of the things that come up when you think through what is being presented. And I got this comment on my most recent video, which I want to respond to in full. So over the next five or 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it's gonna take, we'll look at this dead internet theory in a little bit more detail, I'm sure you've heard of it. And then we'll try and think, what is the evidence that we can see in our little corner of the internet that is either for or against this theory? What is the evidence that we have? And you're bound to hear something over the next period of time. Like I said, five, 10, 15 minutes, we'll see what happens. But you're bound to hear something in this video that you haven't heard before. And then it will be up to you to decide if it makes sense to you. And if you think this changes the way that you view this corner of the internet, because my opinions have changed a few times about this so-called truth scene that we're in. I've been here for like seven or eight years now. And by being a content creator, by having access to YouTube stats and other analytics that come with podcasting and what have you, I've got a different perspective on a lot of this stuff. And I wanna share some of that with you so that by the end of this, even if you don't agree with me, you'll at least see where myself and some other people are coming from when we talk about this dead internet theory as it relates to this corner of the internet. So let's take a look at this article then. This is from medium.com. And I just wanna read this little section. This is entitled, here's why the dead internet theory seems so real. And there are a number of these pieces that have been published where people are basically saying, yeah, look, it does seem like the internet is dead. Sure, it seems that way, but it's not. The internet's totally real and or they're not really saying it's totally real. They admit that there's bots and what have you, but their general gist is, oh no, the internet's real. There are some bots, but the internet's not dead, far from it. That's their take and that's what they're putting out there. Oh, it feels real, but it's not. Now here's a section from this particular piece that I wanted to read out. It says this, people who get swept up into a conspiracy theory do so because they need to have some kind of knowledge that sets them apart from the average Joe. They need to have some kind of enlightenment to make them feel unique. Here's the thing, I've met a lot of conspiracy theory people, both online and in real life. There is some truth to this. Now, if someone is watching this, if you're watching this, you're like, no, JLB, this is bullshit. Maybe for you it's bullshit. How many conspiracy theory people have you met? I've met a lot, and I'm talking a lot. And I think there is an element, at least to some degree, that a lot of people do feel special when they've got the special knowledge. That's not just true of the conspiracy theory scene though. That is also true of religions, such as scientism. Just trust what the experts say. Okay, we know where humans came from, or we know humans have been here for billions of years, or we know the sun's gonna burn out. It's the same thing. They feel special because they've got this special knowledge. Now in the scientism believers case, all they have to do is regurgitate whatever the TV told them 10 minutes ago, and that's it. Even if it's the opposite of what the TV said 10, you know, yesterday, doesn't matter. If it contradicts itself, it doesn't matter. Just regurgitate what the experts say and you are in possession of special knowledge. This is a natural human thing. People want to feel as though they've got the inside word, the inside scoop. This is not just true of conspiracy people, but I think it is important to acknowledge that yes, this is very common in our little corner of the internet. Okay, so this person continues. Or it could be that they believe it's simply because they are isolated and need some community to cling to. When you get to a point where most of your interactions are digital, it can feel like you're the last human left. Again, I think this is true, at least to some extent, with people in our corner of the internet. I think it's true across the board, especially post, what was it, 3-11-2020. In the last two years, people have become far more 
uh, used to using their screen. I know I certainly have. I'm sure most of you have. Using our screens a lot more, whether it's iPads or um, what do you call them, tablets or phones or laptops or smart TVs, whatever the case might be. We're spending a lot of time behind our screens, most of us. Again, I know some of you be like, oh, I don't, Shelby. I, I don't spend much time. With you. Okay, fine, maybe you don't. I'm speaking in general. Most people are spending more time behind screens, and this is where they're getting the information and their interaction, and to an extent, their sense of so-called community. Now, for the regular people, guess what? I stand with Ukraine. Black Lives Matter. What else was it? Stay home, stay safe. You know, all this kind of nonsense. They're just going along with the what they perceive to be their community, the hive mind, the what uh, my grandpapa Gustav would call the, the crowd psychology, right? It's people's psychology is different when they're in groups, even when they're all by themselves in their house or they're all by themselves sitting on the bus or whatever the case might be. They feel like they're part of something, which is why the majority of people are going to go along with this, these, uh, these ideas, the blue and yellow flag or the black uh, flag or the black uh, virtues, whatever you want to call it. You get what I'm trying to say. I think it's true of people is, is my basic point. And it's worth acknowledging that it is true here in our little corner of the internet. Yes. All right. So this article continues. According to the articles I read, this theory was actually originally spammed around message boards and broadcast by one person. That's why it took hold. It's not unlike Q in this manner. Unlike Q, it's still a fringe conspiracy. For the time being, anyway, I for one would welcome our bot I think they're meant to write overlords, but they've written overloads. But I think you get the point they're trying to make. So they're trying to uh, use that Simpsons joke, you know. And uh, that's fair enough. So what they're saying is that this thing started, this dead internet theory started on message boards. Like 4chan, I'm imagining, is what they're getting at. Let's take a look at this next piece. This one's from the Daily Free Press. There's one particular section of this article that I wanted to read. It says this. The dead internet theory harkens back to an image board on 4chan where users, or anonymous users like Comrade Slav, have come together to question why the web looks and feels different since 2016. They ask, why do posts and comments get recycled? Why has creativity on the web been replaced by an automated culture? Now, I only heard about the dead internet theory because somebody posted some videos on the JLB Discord server maybe a month ago, three months ago, six months ago, in time. There's so much that's posted on the server, it's hard to remember exactly when you saw each particular thing. But I watched a little bit of a video about it and the, the basic idea I thought, I got the, the basic idea of the theory, and it makes sense to me. And what I'm gonna tell you in just a moment is what I've seen, what I've observed in terms of the stats and the analytics and just my own anecdotal general observations about the scene that I'm in and many of you are in here in the, what some people call the so-called, people used to call it the truth movement. That was ridiculous. Can't believe I fell for that. But whatever you call this place, the, the alternative sphere, Whatever you, however you conceptualize this place, people who maybe don't trust the TV as much or don't trust the, the so-called scientists or the so-called experts as much and people who like to talk about these things, this corner of the internet that I'm referring to, I've been paying very close attention since 2013 and especially since 2014 when I started podcasting here and started making videos here. And so I've got a fair evidence base now to come to my conclusions, which I want to share with you in just a moment. But first, let's go to this. There was a comment left on my YouTube channel for a video that I uploaded to promote this free two-hour conversation between myself, Ab the Fakeologist, and Tim Osmond from the Infinite Plane Society. It was a two-hour call. It's available in full in both video and audio format. You can stream it or you can download it. Just check the link in the info box below. So I made a video to promote that. And this is one of the comments that was left, and it was from a person who calls himself 
hello there people, whose username I'm not familiar with. But I read this comment and I thought, this is, I want to read this. I want to share this more widely with the viewers here at johnlebond.com and the John Lebond YouTube channel. Let's take a look at this. It says, I've been following, no, I've been listening to a podcast. He's the one that I'm promoting, the two-hour one from yesterday. And I thought I'd add some of my observations regarding the dead internet theory. To me, it is obvious that most subscribers on YouTube, no matter the size of the channel, are bots and inactive accounts, mostly the former. Now, this is in response to something I mentioned during that two-hour conversation with Tim and with Tim Osman and with uh, the Fakeologist, where I said that you can just take my channel for one example. Supposedly, it has 4,000 subscribers. I'm very confident that half, if not more than half, of those 4,000 are bots. Now, they're not bots that I've paid for or that anybody who I know has paid for. I don't think anyone's paid for them to send them to my channel. They go and subscribe to all channels. And so once a channel reaches a certain point organically, it'll start attracting the bots. And this will just happen. So it's not just my channel. I think it's pretty much all channels. Above a few hundred subscribers, it will start attracting bots, I think. Now, can I prove this to you? No. But if I look at the analytics of my channel, I upload a video or do a live stream, it'll get typically between 500 and 1,000 views, right? Typically between 500 and 1,000. And of those, only a portion are actually watching the video to the halfway point. So suppose I upload a video and it says it's got 1,000 views, right? Firstly, where are the other 3,000 subscribers? Let's just go, let's just forget about those for a second. At least there's 1,000 views. Of those, it might only be 500 who are actually watching a 10 or 20 minute video to the end, all right? Now, I'm not complaining about that. It's wonderful that I can share my ideas with this audience here on this YouTube channel. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. The point I'm making is that there's not 4,000 people on this channel. There's not even 1,000 people really viewing the video. It might be more like 500, sometimes less than that again. So the audience on this channel, and I've been doing, I've been making these videos and podcasting for how long now? Seven years, eight years? The total audience today really is more in the hundreds. Let's say 500 for argument's sake, give or take. Nothing like the 1,000 views you see, nothing like the 4,000 subscribers. Now, this is just my one channel. Uh, this is just me talking here. You'd have to talk to other YouTubers or people who upload to YouTube and get their perspectives. But if they check their analytics from YouTube, they're going to get very similar results. And I have cross-referenced this with analytics from my podcast uploads or from my website or from my mailing list, other ways that I have to gauge the listenership or the viewership of the audience, I've got very good reason to believe that everything I just told you is correct. Forget the 4,000 subscribers, forget the 1,000 views. The real audience here is in the hundreds. And why is this important? Because think about why people believe that there's this, there's a truth movement or the truth is spreading or people are waking up. You hear this all the time, people are waking up. Based on what? Based on what evidence? I think, and, and by the way, if you want to believe people are waking up, that's fine. Like, believe it if you want. But if we're going to have a serious conversation that's based on evidence, then we need to base our opinions on the evidence. And the evidence is very clear. Not only is this place not very big, it is not, this scene is not growing. It's not growing. And anybody who tells you otherwise is either kidding themselves or they're kidding you. And if you like to listen to them rather than listen to what I'm saying, that's because this is about feelings for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I try and do with JohnLeBond.com, and I've been trying to do this for seven years now, is take my emotions out of it and say, right, whatever I believe, whatever my current predisposition is towards certain ideas or whatever, 
let me try and remove that and go back to first principles and just start with the evidence. What is the evidence? Now, at this point, you might be thinking, okay, Jabi, what's the point of all of this? I'm with you. Okay, the place isn't that big. It's not growing. This, the scene's kind of uh, stagnating. I get it. Where are you going with this? All right, let's carry on with this comment from Hello There People. He says, or she says, well, I guess we'll find out. I also agree that this scene hasn't really grown much since the early days. 2012 to 2016, I got into Conspiracy 2013. So this person's uh, background is very similar to mine. I got into this scene around 2013, started watching the videos by people like Jeff C of Free Radio Revolution and Red Pill Revolution. PK Truth was big back in the day. Who else? There's a whole bunch of people. It was uh, a lot of fun back then. 2013, I started podcasting in 2014. So this person's been around here about the same time as me. So this person continues, sure, the normie tier truth is seen has grown, but that is completely uninteresting to me. Well, I'm not sure what he means by the normie truth is seen. Does he just mean the people who talk about baby hoaxes? Even the baby... And what do I mean by baby hoaxes? Let me go and, let me go and find you the uh, hoax hierarchy for those who might not be aware of it. Maybe by the truth, uh, the normie truth, is that's what he means? Let's take a look at this hoax hierarchy. I should have had this ready. Here we go. Maybe he means people who are talking about like the really low-level hoaxes has grown, but even then, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that scene grown. No. No, it's... No, I haven't seen that. Maybe he means people who are talking about like entry-level so-called red pill topics, this kind of thing. I'm not sure. But in any event, anyone who says that anything to do with the real truth, not the feelings truth and the, yeah, we're going to take down NASA, any of that bull crap, as far as the real truth goes, no, I don't see any communities growing at all. No, I do not. This person continues, some of the people I used to watch in 2016, for example, they still talk about the same things. Mm-hmm, I've noticed that. No growth at all. Yeah, he means as in, the development of thought, progressing as a person. Are they changing the topics they focus on, trying to learn more things? Are they building their evidence base? Are they challenging their own beliefs? Not that I can see. No, it's that's just not what people do in this scene or outside of this scene. They continue, I estimate that the people who are the elite truthers are very few. Yes, I would agree. Sadly, from my experiences, most of these elite truthers are not nice people, despite having very interesting views on things. This is pretty much, when I read this sentence, this is why I was like, yep, that this is a comment that I want to talk about more. I've met a lot of people, both online and in real life, and I have met some wonderful people, some lovely people. Make no mistake about that. There are also people, and you guys all know this, who, for whatever reason, they're very prickly. They don't want to get along with people. They, it's almost like either they were, mm, how do you say, they disliked people, before they learned what they learned, and this gave them a good excuse to be prickly to people, or they were kind of normal people, social people, friendly people. They learned too many things, maybe tried to share good things with the people in their lives, their friends, their family, whatever, and they got attacked for it. And you guys all know what this is like. If you try and spread even just basic level, entry level truth, we don't even spread the truth, just ask simple questions. I'll give you one example. There's a guy I know, really nice guy. One time I'm chatting with him, we're down at the bar, this is a few months ago now. And somehow the topic of performance enhancing drugs comes up. I really don't know how it happened. I think there was a game of soccer on in the background and can't remember how it came up. And there was a part of my brain that said, don't say what you're about to say, don't say it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to say it. And basically I was like, do you think any of them are not doping? Maybe that was a story. Someone had been caught uh, using performance enhancing drugs or something. And then I, for whatever reason, thought to ask this guy, do you really think the others are not doping as well? And he was like, no, that if they were, they'd get caught. And I was like, well, where he's at is where I was at 10 years ago. 
supposed to believe that they're that you know they're testing all these people to make sure they're not taking performance enhancing drugs and the reason why people get caught is because some people try and break the rules but they get caught and maybe some slip through the cracks here and there but eventually they'll be caught you know that's that's kind of what i believed that's just not the truth and this isn't a video to go into detail about that but let's just say that if you think that oh they catch the one percent of people who are, who are doping and the rest are all clean if you if you believe that okay great that's a nice thing to believe that's not the reality though that's just not the reality maybe it's more fun to watch the sports ball if you believe that these guys are all uh, clean up. Maybe it's more fun to, to believe that. But that's just not the reality. That's just not the reality. Anyway, my interlocutor on this particular occasion, when I was asking him, do you really think the rest are all clean? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, how often do you think they test them? Like, oh, you know. Like, do you think the people who are doing the testing, do you think their technology is more advanced than the experts who are helping these guys to beat the testing? And I just went through some basic questions with him and, like, he handled it pretty well. Like, it didn't turn into an argument or anything, but... It's one of those moments where you're reminded, if somebody wants to believe something, they're not going to question things themselves. So when you come and question them, at best you're going to get the response that I got, which is a cordial conversation that's not really going to go very far. But a lot of you know that's, that is the best case. Often it devolves into much worse than that. Calling people names and, oh, you think everything's fake, or what would you know, or blah, 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 blah. You understand. So maybe a lot of these people who, who learn about certain things they become prickly people. I just mean prickly as in just not nice to people, not even trying, not even trying to be productive in conversation, just being prickly or just being contrarian, just basically being douchebags. Why do people do that? Well, you guys have all experienced it. And if you experience that enough, maybe you'll turn into one of the douchebags. And maybe a lot of these elite truthers, to use this dude's terminology, they're, they're not trying to be douchebags. They've just been, uh, they've been numbed or they've been scarred by <laughs> trying to share legitimate information or ideas or questions with the regular people. Anyhow, so this person continues. And mind, you, mind you, I'm not trying to defend the, the prickly people in our scene. A lot of them are just douchebags. Like, I don't, I don't even really care why they're douchebags. If they're douchebags, they're douchebags. This scene is full of them. So this, this person, by the way, this scene is full of those people. It's also full of the complete opposite. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So this person continues. This is why I don't engage in conversations much or join any calls such as the one that you guys had. I think he's referring to this call that we had here. This, uh, let's go back here. This discussion that I had with Abdefakeologist Tim Osman of Infinite Plane Society. Well, you couldn't have joined this call. This was just the, the three of us getting together to have a chat about this. But maybe he means uh, other calls as well. We'll come back to that. This guy says, I mostly stick to myself. I drop a comment sometimes, but that's about it. But then again, I've been a loner for quite some time. And for the most part, I'm fine with that. As I see it, this truthing thing is a lost cause at best and should be treated as a hobby. I would be willing to bet that there is a greater, like there's an overrepresentation of people in our corner of the internet who do either see themselves as loners or who would be viewed that way by others if they were trying to measure it objectively. Because, and this is just one of the answers why, but because for a lot of people, when they know what they know or when they've seen what they've seen or they've questioned what they've questioned, to be around regular people can be more of a draining experience because invariably in large groups of people someone's going to bring up oh did you see that slap or did you think about that slap or have you seen what putin's done now like oh my god did you blah blah blah, blah right or you know oh there's another wave of the uh invisible body possessing thing whatever the case might be and so once you know that a lot of this stuff is either a distraction or it's a misdirection or it's a complete and outright fabrication it takes a certain mental energy to sit there 
and to bite your tongue and to just, you know, uh, wait until the next topic comes up or to to try and, if someone, you know, throws a question at you, oh, are you, have you had the GB jab? Oh, well, actually, <laughs> I wish you hadn't asked me that question, like, because now I have to tell you, I either have to lie to you or tell you the truth. And if I tell you the truth, I know it's going to come back and then this is just a complete, it becomes a real drain, right? So I think a lot of people are now seeing, yeah, they are less social than uh, the average person. I can't prove that, but that's based on my observations. I do think that is probably the case. In terms of this truthing thing being a lost cause, well, it depends on what people thought the whole idea of this was in the first place. If you were naive and foolish like I was back in 2013-14, and you thought that sharing good information with people, undeniable evidence of smoke bombs causing uh, cuts like scissors into pants rather than being shred at one of those events, you know what I'm talking about, those of you who've been here for a while, and that's just one example. If you show people undeniable evidence of malfeasance and tomfoolery and chicanery, eventually people are gonna get it. I was very naive at the time, and that's how I got into the scene. These days, I'm not here to wake anybody up. I'm not even sure that you can wake people up, so to speak. Can people wake themselves up? Yes, yeah, some of them can if they decide to start asking questions. Usually for that to happen, there has to have Usually, there's been some dramatic event in this person's life. They've gotten seriously ill, and a doctor has told them they have to get this uh, thing cut out of their body or some radiation or whatever. They've gone the alternative route. The alternative route has worked, and now they've they've opened their eyes to the idea of, hey, I've been completely misled my whole life by the so-called experts. I'm going to look into different things, right? That's one way that some people find their way here. Or there's been a, a death in the family or some horror, like they've gone bankrupt. Some horrible thing has happened. And it's caused them to reevaluate their life and start asking questions. That's also a way that some people end up here. Of course, the invisible body versus demon over the last uh, couple of years has led more people to this to this corner of the internet because they're like, hold on, this this is bullshit. There are different ways people come here, but oftentimes there is some dramatic event that leads people to coming here. If those people are simply trying to work out what else have I been lied to about then I still think this scene offers a lot of valuable information and resources and conversation for people. But yeah, if anyone's coming here because they think they're gonna change the world, then yeah, that is a lost cause, clearly. And anybody who is still watching or listening to this presentation, who still believes that there is an awakening on the horizon, that the truth is eventually, like anyone who still believes that, I do wonder why you're still even subscribed to my channel. Because this isn't the first time I've spoken to, I've been speaking about this for years right? And with every passing day, week, month, year, the evidence further supports what I'm saying. There's no evidence coming to help you to support your idea of an awakening. It's crazy. So for those people, getting back to hello there people's comment, for those people who think they're here to change the world, yeah, it's a complete lost cause and that's obvious, has been obvious for many years now, several years now. But if you're just here to improve your own thought or to question yourself or to check your own belief systems, I still think this scene has a lot to offer. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, the end of this comment from Hello There People is, uh, goes like this. Ab is also right when he mentions that the internet has changed. Today, these apps are the internet. I doubt most youngsters today browse the internet, even on their smartphones or tablets. I'm a bit younger than you, guys. Well, I'm 34. Tim Osman, I'm not sure if he's said his age publicly, but I would guess he's around, like if I didn't know any better, I would guess he's around my age, thereabouts, maybe a little bit older. And Ab the Fakeologist is 50, he's in his 50s. Yeah, so we're like, we're all older than the kids coming through now, the kids who are 15, 20, early 20s. They've grown up with a different world to me and to Tim Osman and a very different world to Ab the Fakeologist, God bless him, God love him. The world has changed. 
the way that people use the internet has changed. And yeah, kids are. Like to them, the apps on their phone is the internet, isn't it? And if, if this is news to you, next time you are observing uh, people on their smartphones, ask yourself, are they browsing by pressing www.whatever? No, they're just pressing apps, just like you do, just like I do when I'm using our smartphones. So this idea of typing in www.fakeologist.com forward slash blog or www.infiniteplane.media or www.johnthebond.com. Yeah, you guys, some of you guys do that. Most people aren't going www. It's only a matter of time until those of us who grew up with www. will be that weird old grandpa at the Christmas or the, the weird old uncle or the weird uh, brother-in-law or whatever. We'll be the, the weird old person. We'll be like, back in my day, Sonny Jim, we used to press www. And the kids will be like, shut up, grandpa. That's with the olden days. What a waste of time. I just press this button on my smartphone or on my smartwatch. You know, they'll be giggling about grandpa, grandpa and his www. Why would you press the buttons, grandpa? Well, back then we had keyboards and we went www. Grandpa, the world has changed, man. Get with the times. No one cares about your www's. And this is the point. And this plays, this ties right into the dead internet theory. If folks are all being funneled, okay, whether by accident or by design, into using the apps and just going to where the app presents them, this is still part of the internet. So you know the internet is not dead, it's not completely dead. But if most people are being funneled to this small little group of uh, places, right, which is highly curated with algorithms to stop certain voices getting through, whatever, then the internet as we knew it, people my age and even people older than me, a little bit older than me, and people younger than me, uh, but our general, people who were here back in 2000, before the smartphone, before the internet in our pockets, before 2007, I think, was the Apple iPhone. Those of us who were here before then, even if we're still using the internet largely as we used to, we're still going to the same Mongolian basket weaving forums and the same fringe websites like johnthebond.com and fakeologist.com and infiniteplane.media and cutting through the matrix or cutting through the fog or whatever it's called or um, peace of mindful. Those of us who used it uh, in that way and still use it, fine, but that's not how other people are using it. So in that sense, maybe dead internet theory maybe the word dead just isn't uh, doesn't really work for all but what's another word um, I'll, I'll think of something like the internet is not dead but it has changed even just in the last few years and, and this is very important we'll come back to that in just a moment so this person says I'm a bit uh, younger than you I'm in my late 20s but I grew up in front of a computer the idea of websites blogs is a dying concept especially among the young today definitely this is definitely true. Now, why do I think this is so important? Well, because the main reason that I use the internet now in this capacity to make videos or to record podcasts or to write articles, I'm doing that from, hey, here's what the story is. Let's look at it further. Okay, let's dig into this deeper, whether it is ancient history or it is some major event featuring some so-called terrorists in the in the news or whether it is deadly animals, you know, ooh, like the deadly snakes and spiders of Australia. I'll be like, do they actually kill anybody? Let's look at the evidence. Like, are the animals and snakes as deadly as we're told? All kinds of topics I like to look into. Here's the story. Here's what I currently believe, but I realize I don't, haven't actually looked into it. Let's get rid of my belief. Let's start at the start. This is what I do. And some people find this entertaining. The issue is the number of people who find this entertaining or informative, that number is not growing. This number is not growing. The audience, as it exists right now, this might, it might be that 
the potential audience of people who are interested in this kind of conversation or even this presentation that you're watching right now, it could be that it is on a decline as we speak. And whatever the number of people in this corner of the internet is right now, the broader corner of this internet, and you can include all the other YouTubers in the scene like Matt Quantum of Conscience or any of the, the popular dudes in, in this uh, scene, combine that, that whole audience, that whole alternative audience, if you want to call it that, that audience, whatever number that is, could be less in a year, less again in two years, and so on and so forth until there's nobody left. And that happens to be what I think is going on. Now, some people will say to me, oh, but how about all the, the, the awake people who are having children? They're going to say, okay, firstly, how many people do you know who have YouTube channels to talk about this stuff can get their children on to, like their, their um, adult, their grown-up children onto the show to talk about what they're talking about. It's almost none. How many people who are hip to a lot of this stuff, their wives or their husbands or their children even care about this stuff? It's not many. That's a fact. It's not many. And the, emo the natural emotional response to this is, oh, but, you know, I spoke to my uh, son or my daughter or my nephew or, no, nah, you're wrong, JLB, because I'm, okay, fine. How much do they know? Be honest with yourself, man. Are they... Are they uh, are they asking themselves why they believe in outer space or why they believe in dinosaurs? Like, are they challenging their own beliefs or is it just when you're in the room, they can go along with your conversation? Like, what's the honest reality? The honest reality is that at best, you'll get people who are polite enough to go along with what you're saying and maybe question their beliefs when you're there to help them to hold their hand. But they're not doing that on their own. That's not what humans do. Humans are happy just to go along with what they currently believe they're not too worried about abstract thought or these deeper ideas. This is just human nature. It's neither good nor bad, it is reality. And so with that being the case, if the young people are being funneled into uh, TikTok and Instagram and these other things, they're not just funneled, like they're actively, they, they, they love TikTok and Instagram. Like they, don't, they don't care about what I'm talking about right now, that the young people, it's not in their, for most of them, they're just not interested. But if that's where they're all going, and what we're left, is, left with is myself and you, and the other people in this scene, where our numbers are not growing. They're not going to grow. And there'll be no one replacing us as we disappear. Either we disappear because we get old and we uh, die. This just happens. It's, you know, sometimes people die or get hurt just from old age. It's, old age is not a hoax so far as I can tell. Or people lose interest in this scene. Or some dude, he's interested in the scene, but he finds a, a pretty lady and she has no interest in this. And he just drops it because he wants to spend his time with her. I've seen this happen several times, actually. This just happens naturally. So our numbers will dwindle. There'll be fewer and fewer people to replace us. And this scene will uh, atrophy and it will die. This to me is obvious. This is what the analytics say. This is what the evidence says. I could be wrong. Leave your comments in the comment section below. But if you're going to disagree with me, please try and provide some evidence. Even if it's just anecdotal evidence, that's good enough for me at this point. Tell me why you believe that this scene is going to grow. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I'd love to be wrong about that. I've got, a, I've got a vested interest in this place at least remaining as it is, if not growing. I would love to see it. But it's not happening. Now, let's go back to this fellow. Uh, let's see. Hello there, people. He says that he doesn't like talking with people about these topics uh, because he, you know, people are very, uh, what was the word he used? Some of them are not nice people which is a polite way of saying that they're dickheads, basically. They're douchebags. This is true. Hello there, people. A lot of people in the scene are douchebags for 
as we discussed earlier, potentially understandable reasons. But what if there was a community of people, mostly based online, but many people meet in real life as well, what if it had been around for five or six or seven years, people who are aware of the hoaxes and the lies and the deception, people who like to question what they think they know and they like to chat with other people and say, well, how about this, how about that? Yeah, I see, make a good point, let me go and look at people who do this regularly. What if such a community existed? And what if in that community there were no douchebags and there were no dickheads? And if anybody did step out of line, they were politely told, hey, that's not how we roll here. And if they couldn't uh, contain themselves or keep themselves composed for whatever reason, they were asked to go and take uh, some time away, maybe come back in the future, but not right now. And what if in this group of people, they were having regular conversations all the time, but especially every two weeks for a recorded member call, and then chatting after the call, after the recorded part, off the record about whatever they happen to be interested in or the main topics of the day, what have you. What if this was a regular thing? And what if you came along and saw for yourself, these people aren't prickly. These people are not the way that so many in our scene are, you know, negative and just not trying to be friendly because they've, I guess, they've given up on being social. What if there was none of that? It was just all positive and constructive. What I'm saying, what if? Because here's the thing, hello there. People, I've got some good news for you. Send me an email, johnlebon123 at gmail.com. I'm going to hook you up if you're interested with a free membership of johnlebon.com so you can come along to one of these member calls and listen. You don't even have to speak. You can just listen live. Or you can just listen to the recorded part of the call that I upload for the members of johnlebon.com and you can see what people are talking about. And you can see... Not everybody in this scene is uh, is a douchebag. And over the last five or six years, whether or not people think it's been a good use of my time, we only get one life and my, the second half of my 20s and early part of my 30s has been dedicated to this, whether people think it was a good use of my time or not, the reality is that one of the main things that has come out of that is this online community at johnthebond.com with their own Discord server and forum, these kinds of things, where people do have these kinds of conversations and so many other kinds of conversations. I mean, I heard about the dead internet theory from what someone posted on that server. So this video that you're watching right now might not have even happened were it not for that being posted in the first place. This is a regular thing for us. And so when I go to, there's a birthday party that I've been invited to tonight and I won't get into the details of it, but it'll probably be pretty cool. They're opening up the venue specifically for this and I've known these people for almost a year now and I haven't been out in more than three weeks. I haven't been drinking. And if I'm not drinking, I don't like going out. Partly because if you're going out, it's too tempting to drink. So when you try not to drink, it's not smart. But even if I did go out and not drink, I just find the conversations generally less entertaining, less interesting if I'm not drinking because of all the reasons we've talked about here. So I'm going to this party tonight. And whether I do drink or not, I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. But whatever I do, I'm probably not going to talk about too many of these kinds of topics with the people. Instead, I'll just talk about the general stuff you talk about with regular people. Talk about their job or talk about, like they'll bring up topics, talk about those topics. Or if, the, if there's a lull in conversation, just throw something out there that is not controversial and, and get the conversation going, throw out a joke or whatever, get people. It's very easy to, to socialize with people in the sense of they just want to talk about uh, regular things and it's fun, it's good to socialize, right? And I don't feel the compulsion to ask them, do you really believe the things that Zelensky is saying about blah, blah, blah? Do you really believe Putin has done... I, I just don't feel the need to do that. And why is that? Because I get to talk about these things with people who are interested in those conversations on the regular. So when I do go back out and chat with regular people, I can just enjoy them for who they are. Just enjoy the conversation for what it is. There's no need for me to make myself the crazy person in the room 
by bringing up topics people don't want to hear. Who is messaging me? What the hell? Sorry about this, folks. What is going on here? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party tonight, whatever. All right, so what was I saying? Oh, yes. A lot of folks who are watching this right now, it may be that you find it more difficult to mix with the regular people because you've got a lot of things you want to get off your chest and you don't have a way to do that. And so when you are with the regular people, friends, family, workmates, whatever the case might be, you can't help yourself but to say, yeah, but do you really believe that? Do you really? Like, you just can't help yourself. And I know what that's like because I've been there. These days, generally, I can help myself, generally speaking, because I don't have to get it off my chest because I've already done that by talking with the people at johnlebond.com. So hello there, people. Come and check it out. Email johnlebond123 at gmail.com and I'll hook you up with a free membership for johnlebond.com. We do usually anywhere from two to four of these recorded calls every month. We record about two hours. I publish two hours for the members of johnlebond.com after I edit it, make it all sound nice and beautiful and fantastic. Then we have an after call. Can be anywhere from an hour, two hours, five hours. The calls last week, not the weekend, just gone the month before. The after call was like, it was almost all day. It was crazy. People came, people left, people joined in, some people were just listening. It was wonderful. And I feel very lucky to have this. I feel very fortunate, very grateful. And there's about 100 people around the world who also make it possible at johnthebond.com. If you're not a member of johnthebond.com and you're not hello there people, I encourage you to consider finding an online community. It doesn't have to be johnthebond.com. There are many out there. There is Fakeologist. There is Tim Osman's Infinite Plane Society. And I'm sure there are many others that I don't even know about. Consider finding one of these online communities and trying to use that as the place that you talk about these things. And then you might feel less inclined to say things that the normies just don't want to hear, aren't capable of hearing, are not going to benefit from hearing. I would encourage you to consider doing that. So in the info box below, go and check out this free two-hour call. Myself, Ab the Fakeologist, and Tim Osman from the Infinite Plane Society. We discuss the dead internet theory, the own nothing and be happy mantra, whether or not objective morality is a real thing, and so much more. Go and check that out. Two hours. You can download it. You can stream it. It's free. It's available in both video and audio format. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And the dead internet theory in general. What do you think about it? Give me your thoughts in the comments section below. I read you a portion of this article from medium.com. I read you a portion of this article from the Daily Free Press. And now I want your opinions in the comment section below. And the best comment will win a one-month membership to johnlebond.com on the house. Come and check it out. Leave your comments in the comment section below. Let me know what you think. Let's get the conversation going. This is what I've been doing with this website and this YouTube channel for a long time now. Years and years saying, guys, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why I'm thinking it. Here's what I'm questioning. Now, what do you think? What are your thoughts? What are your ideas? What is your evidence? What's your evidence? What's the evidence though? And of course, as we know, a lot of people, they believe a whole bunch of things. They've never really questioned it. Then when you question them, and then you ask them for evidence, they don't have any. So they post fact, they rationalize it. They will Google for results that fit their preconceived beliefs. They're not looking at the other side. They're not interested in the other side. That's just the average person. Even in our scene, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people in our scene. But that's not the people at johnlebond.com. So big thanks to all the members at johnlebond.com who make this possible. If you have enjoyed this presentation, how long have we been recording for here? What's 40 minutes? That's ridiculous. All right, well, if you've enjoyed this 40 minutes, don't just thank me. Thank the roughly 100 people around the world who make this possible at johnlebond.com and consider coming and joining us just for one month. If you come to one of these member Discord calls and by the end of it, you're like, screw those people. They're not interesting. They're not fun. They're, they are all prickly. They are all nasty. JLB was wrong. His 
little online community is full of bad people. If that's what you honestly feel, then you can just leave. It's easy. Very easy to cancel membership at johnlemon.com. But I seriously doubt that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is when you come and join one of these calls or listen to one of these calls, you find yourself thinking to yourself, hold on, this is exactly what I was looking for when I found this thing in the first place. Before I found all the prickly people, all of the douchebags, all of the dickheads, all the people trying to sell me flat earth maps and other shit, what I was looking for was people to have conversations. Well, guess what, guys? It does exist. It exists. Links in the info box below and leave your comments in the comment section. John LeBon, April 18, 2022. I didn't expect to be sitting here for 40 minutes. Uh, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, have yourself a lovely day. And until next time, remember, no more monkey business. <laughs> Shamona. No more monkey business. No more monkey business. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. How dare you?